Uh, I'm super excited to be here uh, this morning. Um, we're going to uh, be diving into uh, a theme of perfect love today. And uh, I feel like um, my hope and prayer is that uh, the Lord would, would speak uh, through me and to us as uh, we kind of cover this uh, topic or this issue. Um, one of the interesting things about uh, ministry is that a lot of times before uh, you give a word to a body, the Holy Spirit convicts you yourself over multiple things that you have a chance to uncover. And uh, that is certainly true for me uh, as I kind of uh, deliver what I feel like the Lord has put on our hearts um, for, for our body today. Um, <clears throat> so before I jump in, let me just open up in a word of prayer again. Not that Pastor Jeremy's prayer was inadequate, but I'm just feeling a little bit of nervousness, all right? Father, thank you so much again for the power of your word. And um, I think about uh, John the Baptist uh, when um, his prayer and his statement, Lord God, to individuals wondering about ministry in, in, in his place was that he would decrease, that you might increase. And so, Lord, that's my prayer today. Um, I stand before our body and my brothers and sisters as a man who um, is, is definitely imperfect and who definitely has um, struggles. But um, I know, Lord God, that you have a word for our body. And so I pray that everything that is about me, that through the ministry of your Holy Spirit, that you, Father, would, would, would bury that old man and I pray, Lord God, that the words that get declared today in this place are really all about you and all about your agenda. And I pray, Father, that as we share together that your kingdom, Lord God, that is resident in our hearts, that that kingdom, Lord God, would expand and that you, Father, would encourage us, Lord God, to just draw closer to you. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't see uh, what's, there it is, perfect. Hey, gentlemen, is there a possibility to shoot that uh, on that back screen as well? There's no possibility whatsoever. Okay, fantastic. Well, every once in a while, then, you're going to see me steal away uh, 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 and look over my shoulder. Uh, and then, gentlemen, just so that you know, when I kind of give you a, a, a point up, that'll be uh, our time to advance the slide. Uh, Pastor Jeremy uh, uh, teased me today about uh, not having my Bible, and I just kind of pointed to this piece of technology, and yeah, this is kind of where the, the scripture uh, is for us today, uh, this morning, as we kind of walk through, and so please forgive me if you see me uh, kind of glancing down. It's also where our notes are um, as we move forward. Um, let's do the overview, so our first slide, please, if you wouldn't mind. Um, so our agenda for today, and I, I never have done this before in my life, but I get so excited when when Pastor Jeremy's kind of taught us this, uh, this new method, I'm going to kind of give us a, a snapshot of where we're going uh, in the scriptures today. And what's really going to be effective for you is that you'll know, okay, stay awake for only five more minutes. <laughs> so you'll be able to do that as we're kind of bouncing through um, our passage. But really, we got four uh, pieces of agenda to cover today. Um, the first one is just a brief snapshot and a glance at our foundation scripture uh, and it's in 1 John chapter 4. And don't turn there uh, quite yet, but in a minute we'll, we'll get to that passage. So we'll do um, just a brief overview of the 1 John chapter 4. And then I want to talk a little bit, as our second point is, 
uh, about like key modern challenges to um, the principles that we see there in First John chapter four. Um, the third piece is going to be um, looking at practical ways that we uh, uh, engage and struggle with the principle of love that we're going to uncover. And then the final piece is just our, our general encouragement uh, one to another. And so uh, with that being said, let's slip to um, um, this, uh, the first point on our slide. Uh, before we do that, though, and, and before we kind of dive into uh, some of the key p- uh, passages there in First John chapter 4, I, I need a little help. As you know, uh, I come from a little bit of a different cultural background than, than most people in the room today. And so when, when, when somebody from my background is, is speaking, you know, I, I feel like we need to, I'm a mind, body, spirit kind of man. Like so that takes, it takes all of us. That's what we're comprised of. We're comprised of mind, body, and spirit. And, and there's nothing wrong with showing a little bit of emotion and giving a little bit of an affirmation uh, when you're hearing the word of God. Amen? Amen. So if something gets good to you, something sounds like, yeah, that's right on point. I need you to say amen. So let's try that again. Amen. amen. Uh, uh, and another thing that uh, from my background, if you get really excited and, and the amen is just not enough, you could always say preach preacher. Y'all try that. <laughs> oh, oh, we could do a little bit better. Try that again. Say, say preach preacher. preacher. And, and, and the last uh, little encouragement piece that I want to give you, and this actually helps you like you find yourself dozing a little bit, which you will today, uh, you can give yourself a preach preacher, and that just kind of reminds you to, oh, okay, wake up a couple more minutes, stay on point. Uh, the last thing I need you to hear, or the last encouragement that I have uh, uh, in terms of just feedback is a uh, 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 go Vikes. Can I get a go Vikes? <laughs> Not one? <laughs> For those of you who are my friends and family, you know that I'm a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. And uh, I feel a little bit hurt that you wouldn't give me a go Vikes just now. Let's uh, look into 1 John uh, chapter 4. And we're going to uh, read this passage. Actually, yeah, we're going to read the passage of Scripture. Um, and then we will uh, kind of make a, a couple of overview comments on 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to start off reading this way. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are of from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which we have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You are from God, little children. You have, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they say, or excuse me, therefore what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Dear friends, in verse 7, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way, that God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Love consists in this, 
Not that we loved God first, but that he first loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God is in us in this way, we must also do what? Love one another. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us, that he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify of the Father that the Father has sent the Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we come to know and to believe that the love of God, all that the love of God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and and God remains in him. In this love, or in this, verse 17, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and his sister. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's word is good, amen? It's good all the time, through and through, it helps us. Um, The first piece uh, that I want to encourage us to do is I really want to encourage us to go back and to read uh, this passage of scripture. I want us to go back and take our time and slowly digest the principles that are there uh, because, again, it is the foundation of of who we are called to be and what we are called to be doing. Pastor Jeremy has, has introduced a theme for uh, the Cornerstone Church. And uh, the, the theme of the Cornerstone Church is Jesus, what? Centered and people focused, right? And, and, and there's a, that, that graphic that a lot of times he shows us where, you know, we have the cross where it's straight up and down. And, and that causes us to reflect about the fact that we're supposed to be centered on the perfection of who God is. Uh, we're, 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 we're focused on being fed with the word of God and through prayer and all those different spiritual disciplines. But then again, uh, the outward function or the outward action is, is that the people around us should be impacted by that, that, that relationship. That's that people focused. And I want to say that the, 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 the motivating point or the key uh, um, ingredient to all of that action is this principle of love, is this encouragement of love. And and so as we are looking to be better or to be more perfect in loving one another and loving the Lord God, uh, this is really kind of key for us and and meet for us today, amen? Uh, Let me just uh, have you guys uh, get to the next slide, please. Next slide, please. We just talked about those two pieces. So 
in our brief overview, I want to tell us that we have kind of a, a counterbalance here. We have a presentation that says, beware of the false and then also cling to the real and the reality. And it says that the false has at its core the spirit of the Antichrist fanning that flame. So what is the spirit of the Antichrist? Well, the spirit of the Antichrist is everything that we experience that does not reflect the fullness, the hope, the plan, the mission of, of, of God who, who uh, came to, to uh, redeem us from all of that darkness and give us the fullness of life. Amen? We all remember that passage that says that our enemy, Satan, comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that life more abundantly. So there's a, a spirit of the Antichrist that is unleashed even, you know, uh, 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 years ago, uh, soon after Jesus was, was, was dead, buried, and ascended, that spirit of the Antichrist, that spirit of, 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 of pushing against God's agenda, it's real. It's manifested. It's, 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 it's moving. It has a, an agenda. It has power. It has action, right? But then also at the same time, the Lord is showing us, hey, Ellen Roos, that's my house father uh, at the lodge, sneaking in on us. Uh, the, the, the Lord also says that, that uh, uh, there's love at, at, at the core as well, that as opposed to the Antichrist, you have the real, the reality, the Christ, the anointed one. And, and the beautiful thing about that word, the anointed one, like people think that, that Christ is Jesus' last name. Uh, Christ is, 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 is a word that means the anointed one, and, and that's about the healing presence of God. It's about the fullness of God, the life-giving power of God. And we have that as believers at our fingertips. See, we get deceived and we get to thinking that everything that the world puts out there for us is for us and that it's for our good. But those things are, 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 are distractions and they're counterfeit from what God really wants to do in our life to bring us to that place of life and abundance. Amen? So, um, Christ followers, we have a different source for everything that we do. We're not a part of that antichrist spirit. And if you take inventory of your life and, and, and you think about some of the actions or activities that are there, if there is not life, if there is not love, if there is not the kingdom of God advancing uh, 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 in your life or in your interactions, you might want to weigh if that's something that needs to be cut out. And, and just, I just encourage you to pray and yield to God's spirit because God's spirit wants and knows what's best for all of us in every single circumstance and situation. And I'm going to tell you that this covers not only just uh, activities that you actively engage in or that we actively engage in, this also covers activities that we passively engage in, things that we just do because we're just floating and we're living life, right? Uh, uh, um, when when, when, when um, I was living back in Minneapolis, there was something that just called my name. See, over here in, in Wisconsin, you got quick trips, and you walk in there, and you have uh, those things called glazers, right? The little small, inky-dinky little donuts there. Man, in Minnesota, they, at the place called Super America, they have these glazed donuts. They're about the size of my fist. Bigger, right? And I'm telling you, those things were so good that I would three, four of them bad boys at one time. That's where all this came from, right? Three, four of 
four of those things, right? So, so those things are not good for me. They're not healthy for me. So I'm passively doing things that'll tear down my life and destroy my life. And so those are things that we need to be aware of as well, all right? That was off the point. Um, our source causes us to overcome. This is a, the overview or the theme of First uh, uh, John chapter 4. So the source, the love, while the Antichrist spirit tears down and causes us to be defeated, the, the source behind what God's agenda is causes us to overcome. It causes us to be victorious. It causes us in the midst of our darkest hour or in our times of pain to be able to rejoice and say, praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, that confuses the world. Because when we go through some of the things that we go through, and we lean and we rely upon God to help us through those things, everyone else looks at us and says, are you crazy? If I were in your position or condition, I would have lost my mind by now. But, but look at you in your circumstance. There's a smile on your face. There's, there's a different level of life or energy that's about you and who you are. There's, there's, there's hope that's there. I would be depressed and not being able to get out of bed. But for you as a believer, there's something different that's in store. And that, that's true for all of us. We can overcome because love is our source. Amen? Uh, love will wake us up in the midnight hour and smack some sense into our head when we're struggling and having difficulties. I know that's real for me. Uh, 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 that, 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 that's something that has happened for me. Love in, uh, will, will, as you're driving down the road and, and you're struggling with something, will have a billboard pop out at you that will remind you of what truth is and what life is. Love will have brothers and sisters in the body picking up the phone and calling you uh, just to encourage you or to spend time with you because uh, they love you. And I'm going to tell you that that's something that, that gives us the ability to overcome. That gives us the, the ability to be different uh, uh, and to have a different life than, than those who don't know Christ. Amen? And that's good news. Amen? Amen. Uh, uh, point number, I think that's four, bulletproof number four. Uh, we are introduced to and perfected by love. Did y'all see that in the scripture there in 1 John? It says that, we are perfected by love. Now, I want you to, to wrestle with that word perfected. Um, in a different passage of Scripture, that word perfected, and I believe it's here true, uh, true here to this passage, it doesn't mean that you show up like, ah, like you look like Randy. That's, that's clearly a joke, right? Uh, um, but what, the, what that word perfected means is that you are thoroughly furnished or equipped for every good work. That means that you have what you need in that moment, even if it's not your natural gift or ability. God will put you in a position where you are ready to do what he wants you to do. We are introduced to that perfection in our relationship with Christ. And we are introduced to his ability to empower us and make us available to do what he wants us to do in every circumstance. And then our last point, our last point is that this love that we experience, and you'll see this toward the tail end of, our, of, our, of that passage, uh, this love is the believer's mandate. So I love the fact that uh, um, in this passage, uh, it didn't just say just stay there at the word love. And, and when we talk about love and think about love, we often reflect on the emotion of love. 
Like, that's where we, we clearly go to. It's like, oh, I have this feeling, right? It's, 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 it's abstract, and oh, I just, I love this, or I love that. And that's emotion. But love is complex. And I want to thank God right now out loud for DC Talk. <laughs> y'all remember DC Talk? Come on, everybody. Y'all remember DC Talk, right? Uh, love is a verb. I had to, that's, there's a song. It's a rap song by DC Talk. And it's called Love is a Verb. I got There's YouTube. Look, type it in there, right? Love is a Verb by DC Talk. When that song first came out, I was in college, and I had to open up my English book again so I could remember what the word verb was. That's a joke. So a verb is an action word. It describes an action, right? So love is not only just a feeling or an emotion. Love says that there's something tangible that people are going to see right? So don't tell me you love me with the feeling, with the word, without having an action that corresponds to that. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. And it's throughout the scriptures. It says, if you have a brother or a sister who you see and you know they're hungry, don't tell them, I love you and be filled. Show them you love them by buying them a hamburger. Amen? So, love is an action. Let's move on uh, uh, to our second key point. So, what we just covered real fast, and I, again, I want to encourage you again to go and read that passage. I'm going to tell you that the character and the nature of this message, because I believe that God is trying to put his imprint, his fingerprint on our body, where we have a mandate, but not all of us are moving as succinctly as powerfully or as in step with this love principle as we could be that's just point blank so i believe that god is is trying to 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 reframe our hearts and reframe our minds by giving us an ability to to retrain ourselves okay and so go back and chew on read not just this passage in 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 first john chapter four but i just encourage you in your own devotional life if the spirit of god leads you in this way to go back and look at and uncover all of the different principles around love that are in the scriptures, okay? Second key point, the current challenges of walking out our love relationship with the Lord. Um, I'm not going to um, read the entire passages of scripture here that are uh, on, the, on the screen, uh, so I encourage you to write the two key v- verses or passages down, uh, but I do want to uh, just grab some key points out of Matthew chapter 24 and also 2 Timothy chapter 23. And in Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus is being talked to uh, by his disciples and they are asking him what the end of time will look like. What's going to be, what what are things going to look like before you come back and return? What are things going to look like at the end of the age? And so uh, I want to point you to verse 11 in Matthew chapter 24. We'll just read two verses. Verse 11 says, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. I'll just pause there. And I want you to make a mental note that that phrase about false prophets and their deception links back to that 1 John chapter 4 that we just read. Amen? And many false prophets will appear, and they will deceive many. 
I want to tell you also that the word prophet, uh, a lot of times we get colored when we start thinking about prophets and we think of somebody that has like a long robe and a turban on their head and they're walking around going whatever they do, right? But the, the, the prophecy picture, uh, I just want to just highlight something. A prophet does one of two things. They either foretell, meaning they, they declare something that's going to happen in the future as they are inspired by some kind of spirit, okay? Or they foretell, meaning they are declaring boldly or teaching us something for the current age, right? So, so one is about future, this is what's going to happen, and one is about teaching. And again, it's also empowered by something spiritual. So many modern-day uh, uh, preachers, Pastor Jeremy, he has a, a mantle upon him to foretell, okay? So in our age, in the world that we live in, uh, when we hear this phrase of false prophets, uh, one of the things that we, we go to right away is we're looking for somebody to show up in a robe and turban saying, Jesus is not the Christ. And, and that may happen. I don't want to throw water on that. But I do want to tell you that we live in an age where there's so much information that pulls against the kingdom of God, pulls against the principles of God, pulls against everything that God stands for because there is an agenda to set our hearts, to set our personalities, to set our minds and our actions against what God declares for us. Amen? So in the last days, he says in verse 11, many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Okay, those of us who listen to those voices, we walk under or in deception. We think that we're embracing something good and that there's life in it, but in reality, we're destroying ourselves. Look at this. And because lawlessness will increase, that's a word there that's powerful as well. So I'm drawing the links here. False prophets will deceive. The fruit of that deception will be lawlessness or basically, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's going to increase, and the love of many will what? Grow cold. So we're in a time where when we used to be able to love more fully, in the last days, we're going to be deceived because of all of the messages that are out there, and it's going to have an impact on the way that we love. And yes, that's emotion, but that's also action. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. I'm going to start at verse 1. But we know this, difficult times will come in when? One more time, y'all. When? Come on, John. When? John's like, I don't know. All right. So difficult times will come in the last days. 
For people will be, now listen to this description. Lord, help me. For people will be lovers of their own selves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unreconcilable, slanderers without self-control, brutal, brutal, and without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying the power. Then it closes by saying, avoid these people. I want to tell you a quick reflection about Timothy when he's writing. When he's writing this verse, I think he's talking about members of the body of Christ. That these characteristics that we go, that's the Heisman right here. You know, stay away from me. Uh -uh. That's going to be what the body of Christ has inside of the body. Now, now remember, the reason why we got here is because we've listened to false prophets who have deceived us by its many messages, who has caused us to love less or not love according to the standard that God wants us to love. And remember, it's emotion, it's feeling, but it's also action. So, first question, and this is for you to ask yourself or to come to peace with. Do you feel like we are living in the last days? In other words, I'm asking us, the, the passages that we are, 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 are we referred to as we're looking at uh, perfecting and understanding love, um, does what we just read fit in terms of the scene and the backdrop or the setting of our lives? I, for one, believe it does. And not only do I believe that it does, I think it, it, it does like really intimately. I believe it fits like a glove. We are in the last days. Meaning that, that Christ is returning soon. I'm not predicting a week, a day, a month, a year, or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that the characteristic that we see in the world reflects the fact that we're in the last days. And I want to point out to you that the reason why we stress this is I want you to look at the, how love is impacted by us being in the last days. And I think it's clear that the Bible says that the, the, the challenges of love is going to be because of the abundance of sin and deception and distraction that is put upon us that's going to cause us to be in a state where or to lean towards not being able to live the way that God wants us to live. So with that being said, let me just share with you uh, what the Lord woke me up with in the middle of the night uh, in terms of the general strategy of our enemy. Okay, so I want to spend just a couple of minutes on this. Um, I can't remember the detail of this dream. But what happened to me was it rolled through like three times before I paid attention and went, oh, maybe this is something. Because I didn't intend to go in this direction as we were uh, talking through or putting this message together. But, but God has his way of doing things. Amen? So the first strategy 
that I want everyone to be intimately aware of is this. And, and I think this is why this is key. As we talked philosophically or scripturally about the setting of the coming age, one of the things that we do as believers is that we, we point fingers. And we like to say, yep, those people are lawless and loveless. and da-da-da. No, this is for us. All right? So one of the strategies that the enemy will use, and there's three that I want to point out today, uh, to get a hold of our hearts and our minds is, uh, are, are these three things. The first one, uh, the, the, the picture that I remember in that dream, and I, again, forgive me, I lost the details, but there's this picture of somebody outside a window kind of peeping in like this. Where I come from, we call them peeping toms right? Just outside the window looking for an opportunity. And then I realized that there's a verse in the scriptures that says that Satan is as a roaring lion. What's he doing? Seeking those whom he may devour. And so one of the first strategies that the enemy does is that he looks, he doesn't have permission to be in your business or in your life, but he's looking to exploit an area in your heart, in your mind, in your attitude, where he can go, ooh, and jump on it. That's the first access point that he wants to try to get to you in order to get you into that deception or into that that lack of love, all right? So outside in, he's looking for any opportunity to take advantage of you. He's looking, he's searching, he's trying to find that open space. Now, as believers, remember, we overcome the enemy, right? And so a key way for us to avoid being taken advantage of in that way is to, is to make sure that we are holy unto the Lord. And again, that word holiness has some connotations that, in my opinion, are not healthy. Because the word holiness is not that you're walking in perfection that you've dotted every I and crossed every T in your spiritual life. Because the scriptures say that there is how many righteous? None righteous, no, not one. The other passage says that, that your righteousness, even when you're doing your best, you're doing well, you've avoided A, B, and C, right? He says that that righteousness, even at your best, before the holiness of God, that is as a filthy what? So it's impossible in your own ability to walk in holiness. So when, when the enemy's like this, and the challenge is for you to commit yourself and to commit myself to holiness, the word holiness is, means dedicated to God. Have you spent time making sure that your whole life is dedicated and surrendered to God? Now, when you do that, it will have an impact on the way that you walk and the decisions that you make and, and, and how you interact with other people. But that doesn't bring you to this place of you're so much better than everybody else. Amen? So outside in, first strategy. The second strategy that the enemy uses to exploit us that I feel like it's important in our day and age is, is, is this inside the heart kind of aspect. Uh, uh, the inside the heart aspect is where the enemy, um, he's done his survey, he's taken advantage of you in the moment, but now there are things that are resident in our heart, in our imperfection. Now the Bible says that we are being sanctified, we're being renewed, we're being 
reborn. We are, we are being uh, 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 made alive every single day. Amen? And so in those areas of your heart and mind where, where uh, um, the Word of God has not quite have, had access to, the enemy looks for those places and he tries to take advantage of you uh, uh, and he tries to grab a hold of, of those, those um, characteristics, those traits, those uh, attitudes that are not quite submitted to, to, the, cross of the, uh, to the, the cross of Christ. And so that's that second aspect. That's that aspect where, again, that which is already within you, he tries to exploit. And for men, like pride, right? In those areas, selfishness. In those areas, all right? Women, you have your own uh, uh, areas that, that, that are latent to you, that, that, that are real natural for you, right? So pay attention to those because that's the second area where the enemy will try to exploit or deceive. And I'm going to tell you that, again, his hope or uh, his purpose is to, is to so exasperate your walk where the love, you separate yourself from loving the way that God wants you to love. Last, last one. Uh, in terms of the general strategy of our enemy, is, is he wants to, uh, so we covered like the outside in, we covered the, the inside, you know, out in terms of the heart. Uh, the last one that, that I want to mention is um, just the present day circumstance. The present day circumstance. We have an enemy that will try to set the table for you to fall. He'll set the table for you uh, uh, to make those mistakes where, again, once you make that mistake, you slip into to depression. You slip into, oh, man, I'm not good enough. You slip into the, the condemnation, right? And, and, and it's, it's interesting the way he, he, he does that. Even when we, again, we're trying to put our best foot forward, he'll use that circumstance to try to tear you up. Let me give you a quick example in my own life. I rededicated my life to the Lord for like the eighth time when I was 20 years old. Seriously, it was a lot of times of rededication. Um, and when I rededicated my life to the Lord, the Lord had called me to a fast. And at the time, I was working at this, this um, very liberal-leaning call center that was soliciting dollars for clean water and clean air. So my job was to call people and say, hey, you know, there's clean water and clean air, and the government is making these laws, and can you give us some money so that we can help lobby, Right. So in that environment that was there, and on the day, y'all say the day. Come on, say the day. Yeah. On the day that I caught my fast, I'm in that bad boy for six hours, right? Stomach a grumbling, right? I'm on the bus going to work here. They had the, uh, the, the signs on the billboards, two for $2. <laughs> right? And so I finally get to the place, and I'm like, whew, finally, my safe haven. I can put in this work, call people, and do everything. And what is this faint smell in my nose? Them cats ordered pizzas. Oh, feet, like, dick, deep dish, like, I fell, y'all. I'm sorry, I had to repent. I tore that pizza up. But, <laughs> but, that illustration is a snapshot at what the enemy does when he's trying to gain access to our hearts to cause us to be in despair. We'll make a commitment. We'll, we'll, we'll have a stand. We'll, well, I'm turning a new spiritual leaf over or I'm moving in a different direction. And as soon as we do that, out of the woodwork comes opportunity to fall. Anybody else other than me experience that? Come on, raise them high. 
I am not the only one. Thank the Lord. All right. So that's the general strategy of our enemy. Uh, Let me tell you something. Just a reminder for us again. As we are washed in the love of Christ, the Bible says that we conquer all of those different things. All right. In our final minutes that we have together, uh, we're going to do our last two points. Um, I want to ask ourselves just some more specific questions about what love looks like in our life. Because, again, our ability to love is under siege by our enemy. All right? So the first thing that I want to highlight is that there is indeed a connection between human emotion and human action. There's a connection there. And this is the first, you know, the first bullet point of reflection. I want you to just be aware of that. So when you're feeling a certain thing or a certain way, that does influence how you act. And I have to tell you that as believers, when we get that first connection of of how we feel about something, it's important for us to not always trust that and to not always go with that. It's important for us to to submit that to the word of God or, or to the cross of Christ. Because there are certain times where our feelings will betray us. And, and if it's a time of despair because we've got a lot of bad things happening and we just want to give up or put our life in the stall and not move forward with God's plan, we might have to do what David did when he had to encourage himself in the Lord. Okay? So just there's a connection there that we need to be aware of. Uh, number two, ask yourself, how does your action compare to what's clearly expressed as our standard? How does your action compare to what's clearly expressed as our standard, as it pertains to love? So if you have a heart or a pattern of being a curmudgeon, y'all know what that word is, a curmudgeon? A sourpuss? Y'all know what that word is? Uh, uh, the, the death of a party, <laughs> right? You know what that word is, right? If that's your characteristic, if that's what you bring to the table every single day, you might have to ask yourself how that compares to what the Word of God says about your life and about um, how you interact with other people. You might want to ask yourself that. Uh, Number three, what does your bank account say about your love life? What does your bank account say about your love life? Uh, This is me. All right, so um, my money goes to where I'm attracted and where I'm fully invested. So if your money is out of balance or if you find yourself putting dollars behind something that has no eternal gain or that reinforces a sinful heart condition you might want to understand that those are key things that are combating or putting a lid on your ability to love God fully in this time. Amen? Number, next one. Love is selflessness and it is surrender. When you are walking in selflessness, when you're walking surrendered, it takes love to be able to do that, especially on a consistent basis. And I want to just, for, for, for us who are married, I want us to, to really understand that this is key for us in our marital relationships. Uh, when we become selfish, 
and we dig in our heels about things that we want or things that we need, understand that we're not reflecting the love that Christ caused us to reflect in a marriage relationship. So look at how selfishness has an impact on that relationship. Amen? Uh, getting quiet up in here. It's all good. <laughs> love is authentic communication. Love is authentic communication. Now, um, I have to tell you that the motivation behind, um, I have to temper the motivation behind this, this point because uh, I was just talking to somebody about uh, just some changes in my life and I said, man, I've been hanging out with uh, people who are older than me and I've experienced a brand new level of freedom. I have a birthday coming up and so this is only going to enhance this. You notice how older people 80s, 90s years old, they say whatever they want, and it just don't matter. Right? They just hit you with it. Bow! Whatever the comment is, they just say it, and then what are you going to do? They're 80 or 90. It's like, wow, that kind of hurt, but okay, right? So that's a form of authentic communication, and I think I leaned a little bit too much on that because there's some days when I just, both guns are blazing, just... You know, honey, does my breast stink? <laughs> right? <laughs> do these pants make my butt look big? <laughs> right? So, and, and I get myself in trouble with that kind of stuff. But I got to tell you that the other side of that is when we communicate, and, and, and this is where this fear dynamic comes in, uh, when we communicate, we, we, we feel like we need to hold something back in order to protect somebody else or to protect ourselves. And I'm going to tell you that there's nothing that destroys relationships like be un, an inability to communicate authentically to say, here's where I'm at. Not only that, this is why I'm at where I'm at. When we get to the place where we can look at each other eyeball to eyeball and really share our hearts, to really share our motivations, to really share our leanings, man, that's, that's love. That's, 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 that's like the perfection of that. And, 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 and the place that really kind of sparks with me from a scriptural standpoint, if you're looking for a, a, a spiritual route to kind of reinforce this background, is I want you to think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Have you ever looked at that prayer? Jesus motivated y'all to die for your sins and my sins. And thank, thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But, but if you look at that prayer, Jesus communicated authentically with the Father. He said, basically, Lord, this is too much for me. And if there's any other way, let this cup, what? Pass from me. That's authentic communication. That's what we need in our lives, when we are connecting with friends, family, loved ones, lost, you name it. Let's just be real and authentic in, in, in our communication with one another. Uh, next one, real fast, uh, and I need to pick up the pace. Um, why do I feel like, there we go, love stretches us to engage outside of our comfort zone. Uh, if you were at VBS, you would see... Um, Angel, you would see myself, you'd see 
uh, my, my teenage kids outside of their comfort zone. As a matter of fact, uh, one day, my, my son, uh, who is a very cool senior in high school, on our dress-up day, showed up with a wig. And I can't remember what else he had. And his mama snapped a picture of him and put it on Facebook. And he was mortified, right? Now, that's not his personality. He's not a dress-up-and-act-crazy-zany kind of guy, right? But the reason why he did that is the love that he had for young people. Um, That's kind of, you know, really where it's at. Like, how far are you willing to go to really communicate and to demonstrate your love for God? There's things that we don't like doing. I don't like walking around in 90-degree weather with jeans on, sweating to death, handing out flyers. Not on my A-list of things to do. Now, Chris, my friend Chris, he loves that stuff, right? So my sacrifice of love was better than yours. Sorry, brother. But this is, this is a key component for us to be looking at, especially when we're called to serve. You know, it's easy for us to, to get up and do things that we think are, like, in line with our gifts and in our passions. But, but when, 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 when the pastor says, hey, we're missing our janitor, who's willing to wash toilets? Where are you at? I remember for myself when they said, hey, we need somebody to cut the grass and to uh, shovel the lawn or shovel, you don't shovel lawns, shovel the sidewalks. I was like, who? Hiding, right? But other people, you know, they love that. They're able to do that. So just just a, a, a reminder that love, an expression for biblical love, you get outside of your comfort zone. Love Uh, sets boundaries, and it doesn't malign the principle of acceptance. Let me just land here just for a hot minute. We live in a world where people say, if you love me, I can do whatever, and you'll still love me. That's not what real love looks like. Because if you take that principle and you walk it out, and we're going to pretend like this is a busy street, right? And I just love being in the middle of the street because I love playing in traffic. And here comes a semi. If you just say, oh, I love Randy, let him just be who he is and do what he does, and I get hit by a semi, oh, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, I think. I'm dead, so I don't know how I'm going to come for you, but do you see how that doesn't connect, right? So, So as believers... We, we, it's okay for us to set a boundary, to say, mm, this, is not, this is not okay. And that still be the best expression of what love is. Again, if you remember, or if you need a scriptural reminder, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, or he chastises, or he sets boundaries or consequences for. So it's not a free-for-all, right? Our culture needs to be reminded of the, the, the lunacy of that kind of mindset. All right, next slide, please. How many more do we have before I get out of here? Two minutes. Ooh, only four more. Love does the difficult thing in cooperation with God's spirit because of the greater reward. Okay, love does the difficult thing in cooperation with God's spirit because of the greater reward. Love is liberty and trust in relationships as opposed to manipulation, judgment, and fear-based control. 
Love is liberty and trust. Instead of trying to figure out a way to get somebody to do what you want, when you want, how you want. Love maturely considers others better than him or herself. One of my wife's favorite verses is Philippians chapter 2, okay, where it talks about how Christ, although he had the form, or although he was God, he humbled himself and came as the form of a servant, and, and, and he considered other people better than himself so that he might serve, right? That's Philippians chapter 2. Love considers others before him and herself. And then finally, love walks in the confidence of being led by the Spirit of God as reflected by agreement as found in the scriptures and godly counsel. So we have a mandate or a responsibility to let our love show in our love relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and again, this is not, you know, you know um, some, some weird, you know, the Lord told me to not brush my teeth for 31 days right? He might do that. I just just don't know. But there's scripture and there's godly counsel to help guide us in that love. All right, last slide as I conclude today. Um, I just want to encourage us as as a body that as we are um, looking at this principle of love, and again, I I, I, I want to say that this is not it for us. Let's let's continue to kind of chew on and uncover and and look at what God is saying to us as uh, as it regards to love. But uh, this is just true. Uh, We've often said, and I hate this phrase, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, right? Y'all heard that? I don't like that phrase. Although I like making mama happy, I just, for some reason, it just gets under my skin. Maybe it's the lack of love where I go, what about me? I want to be happy. Okay, Uh, maybe that's it. Who knows? Um, but, but, But look at it from God's perspective. When we attend to loving how God has called us to love, he is well pleased. And I don't know if you've ever looked at a relationship where somebody was well pleased with you and and how that felt and and what that looked like on a practical way. But I just want to tell you that if we can get that right on a human level, how much more can God do? And how much bigger of a blessing will God have for us if we frame our hearts and minds about what he wants and how he wants? Amen? Amen. Um, That is the end of the message today. I'm going to invite Pastor Jeremy to come on up to close us.